0: This month we lost a great leader, a great disability leader, Marka Bristow. I know how this devastated so many of us in the community because she did so much for our history. So today I'm going to play a pre-record of Marka when she was on my radio show, and I hope you will share this with everyone you know in honor of Marga. So, here we go, right now Woman Today really exemplifies Justin Dart's revolution of empowerment and how amazing that she's on today because tomorrow is the day that Justin passed in 2002 and that is why this week everywhere... We are honoring and remembering Justin Dart. And how better could we do that with this great civil rights leader in our community and someone we love and appreciate for her undying dedication? What an honor to have on this show, Marca Bristow. Thank you very much, Joyce. Well Marka, you are the revolution of empowerment. (laughs) <laughs> well, now you know. are. You that's are that what, revolution. And, and you know, I was just telling Marka before the show came on. Oh, I mean, really, you have no idea how awesome access living in Chicago is. So I have to start there. I know there was a dream that became reality on March 5th, 2007, after you had that unbelievable $18 million campaign. Um, It's green. It's universal design. Let me tell all of you, you should go to Chicago to see this. It is so impressive. So, Marca, would you take a few minutes and tell all of our listeners how that dream began, and then you can talk a little bit about the design. Sure. Well, um, as some people may know,
3: Access Living is Chicago's uh, Center for Independent Living. A CIL, of course, is a community-based organization that does advocacy, direct service, and public education around a wide range of issues for people with all different disabilities. Our organization started in 1980. Over the course of the next 25 years, we relocated uh, four different times, each time having to move because we outgrew the space and the rent went up. And as we got pushed a little further out of the city center, uh, we felt it was really finally time for us to take control over this part of our organizational lives and uh, really become homeowners ourselves. Uh, So our board of directors made the decision. Um, It it took place over a four-year period from concept to move in, which included, of course, raising um, uh, $18 million that helped pay for the building but also uh, built a small endowment to help us operate the building. Um, How it came about was first having the vision and taking the leap of faith that we could do it and then we really began to call upon all the different people that we had built relationships with over the past 25 years and asked them to be a part of it. Uh, it was a real public-private partnership um, that involved both uh, elected officials assisting us in getting uh, funding through our state's capital program, a little bit through our federal uh, government, but primarily most of the resources came from uh, the Chicago community, individual people and foundations and corporations who believed in our work. And I might say that um, for me, one of the most gratifying things was how much people rose to the occasion because they believed in our work. It, it taught me that we have really made some progress in bringing uh, people with and without disabilities uh, into the fold. Joyce, you asked me um, to talk just a little bit about the uh, u- the universal and green
0: design <clears> and elements. <throat> yes, because I want everyone to know, once again, it is fabulous. This place is unbelievable, but I want them to understand what it's like. So go ahead. Um, uh, first, I might direct your listeners to our
3: website, which is www dot accessliving dot org there is a video there as well as information that will describe the building in a little more detail but um, when we first got the idea uh, we knew we would need a partner to make it financially viable and that partner ended up being the mayor of the city of Chicago we approached him and asked for uh, his help in identifying a site that the city owned that they could uh, sell to us for a very significant discount when we identified the site, which is right in the heart of Chicago, um, we went to the city and made an offer, which they accepted. Because it was discounted, and because Mayor, former Mayor Daley uh, is known as the Green Mayor in the U.S., uh, they require any project that involves any kind of government support from the city, whether it's a TIF uh, participation or uh, a, an actual um, a discounting of the price, that it be developed according to lead standards to assure sustainability or green design. So the green element really came initially as an obligation that we uh, agreed to. However, we, um, as Access Living does, uh, we went well beyond the minimum. Uh, we achieved gold LEED certification uh, and, of course, Because we are Access Living, we knew we were going to develop an accessible building. But we were urged by colleagues around the country to go beyond ADA compliance and to really test out uh, universal design principles in a workplace. So I think our building, uh, to the best of our knowledge, may be the very first building office building, that has combined these two design principles. And one of the important discoveries we made is that many, many times these two design principles are synergistic. Um, If you're building something to make it green, it often makes it more environmentally friendly for people with, for example, environmental illness. If you're building something accessible, oftentimes it helps contribute to your lead credentialing. So there, there are um, ways in which the marriage of these two design principles came together in a very constructive way, so much so that we at Access, at, at Access Living believe that the only socially responsible design is design that combines both universal design and green design.
0: Yeah, and I, you want to give that website again, Marca? Sure, it's www.accessliving.org. And, I would uh, highly encourage you to go watch this video with, uh, by the way, Mark, a beautiful soundtrack with that African music in the background. Mm-hmm. This, First of all, the website's very impressive, but this video is fabulous. I mean, you'll really get a better idea than anything Marka or I could say, you know, today on the show. So make sure you go look at that. <clears throat> and before I go any further, I have to remember, Yoshiko, you have your superstar on the show today. <laughs> and Yoshiko, this is Justin's week. So how more appropriate than having Marka on the show. And I just want to say, Yoshiko, we all love you. We do. You have Absolutely. carried on the mission, and I'm so glad that we love you, that we have you. So, uh, Marca, you have any words for Yoshiko? Well,
3: colleagues, we love you. <laughs> colleagues, we have overcome. Colleagues, we shall overcome. Of course, those were Justin's words that he used to close virtually every speech. Uh, I cannot believe that it's been, I think it's nine years. Is that correct? Since yeah, um, 2002, Justin. 2002. Next year will be the tenth year, and it's a day I'll never forget because it's the day before my birthday, and uh, I know um, for everyone in the United States that was a very um, significant day for us. Not so much just because we were losing Justin and everything he meant to us, but it it has always given us an opportunity to reflect upon. How much he gave to us during the time he was with us. I know one of the things, um, one of the ways he affected me on a very personal level, was to remind us that we are really here, not for ourselves, not for our ego gratification, but that if we if we lead through the spirit life, if we lead um, with the higher principles of what's in the best interest of the whole, um, we can't go wrong. And I have to say it's caused me to really, um, you know, check myself when my ego steps into something. And anybody who is in a leadership role, if they're honest, will tell you that it's almost impossible not to have ego come in. But Justin reminds me that we do our best work when we can clear that out of the way. And I will forever be grateful for that, and for the stories, you know, the various stories that he shared with me and others of his life they they really um, remind me how each one of us have those stories and how important they are to impart them to uh, the next generation, so they can feel the same lift um, that I felt in in the years that I got to know and uh, work so closely with Justin.
0: Yeah, I miss him mm-hmm. greatly. He did definitely get across that a great leader serves. And Mark is right. We all need to check our ego because we are here to serve others. And you know, I always say, hey, on Judgment Day, there's no special line for divas or CEOs. We are all mm-hmm. in this together. And we are all here to serve all people, all faiths throughout the world, brother and sister, and you've got to remember that I have to remember it because that's really where the power is. Justin knew the power was in love. He was the master of this. So, Justin, I know you're still with us, and you know we're going to keep remembering those words as we carry on. But right now we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, what a treat for you, Marka Bristow. You know, we are trying so hard to remember the importance of our own history, and we will continue having great leaders like Marka on until we figure out how to get our education system to include us in their history books. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Marca. And what a great show it is today with Mark Abristo as our guest. And I think we have a caller on the line. Hello? Hey. Yes, go ahead, caller. How are you? Is this Mr. Mark Perriello? This is Mr. Mark Perriello. Um, Well, wait, I want to say something. Mark Perriello is going to be on the show in July for ADA Month But if you don't know, he is our new dynamic CEO at AAPD, and we're so proud to have him. Congratulations, we We look forward to having you on as a guest. But go ahead. um, I know you wanted to say something to Marka.
5: Yes, absolutely. Um, well, you know, you're talking a little bit about um, the life of Justin Dart and, and what an important person he has been uh, for our community, um, and his legacy continues. And one of the things that, that he held dearly, and Yoshiko um, still feels very, very passionately about um, in her involvement with AAPD, is reaching out to young people um, mm-hmm. and getting them involved in the community. Uh, And So so my question for you is, what is your advice um, to young people on the importance of being involved, and and also what what do you think um, organizations like AAPD can be doing to reach young people, engage them, and and get them involved in our work?
3: Both great questions. I'll say I'm really proud of the work that uh, we did when I was at the National Council on Disability to put youth leadership on the agenda. We organized the first summits. Uh, and brought kids in from all over the country. Uh, and then here in Chicago, we, we organized the first youth leadership development program within a community-based organization, to, to my knowledge. So I think the important thing is that we begin to develop the opportunities for young people, both within our organizations, but also taking them out into the world. Um, there's no reason in the world that our local uh, urban league, uh, you know, other activist organizations can't be hosting some of the people that we're identifying as future leaders so that they're not only getting the knowledge and uh, self-esteem and sense of history from our movement, but that they're then uh, helping to take it outside and into the world. Um, so my first, I guess, word of advice is, if you're not doing something in this area, shame on you. You should be. This, um, you know, we we don't want to wake up one day and realize that the disability rights movement and its contributions was a blip in history, and that all of a sudden, as the next the generation that uh, led the charge uh, is no longer here that we haven't brought people along to take it the rest of the way. Um, I also wanna speak about at the other end of the spectrum, uh, Mark, are uh, those individuals who are aging into their disabilities. My husband used to say to me that when I would get discouraged, he would always say, honey, don't worry. Whatever you don't figure out, the aging the baby boomers who age into their disabilities will because the sheer numbers will be with us then. So I, I focus my efforts at the two extremes, um, both people who are aging into their disabilities as well as the next generation, because I think we need to get both of those groups on the same kind of policy page, pushing for the same kinds of reforms. Right. The numbers will be with us, and I know that uh, Joyce had asked me. Uh, offline what what did I think if Justin were alive today, what would be his number one campaign? Um, Justin would say political organizing, uh, Yoshiko would say youth organizing, so I think it's bringing those two things together is really the work of the next generation. you know doing what we haven 't yet been so successful at doing.
6: Well, uh, thank you for that.
5: I would say from AAPD's perspective, um, you know, it's something that we've been working on for a long time through our Disability Mentoring Day, through the internship program that we have, and, and as we move forward, I think the, the two things that you just mentioned couldn't really hit the nail any more on the head is political organizing and youth organizing, um, but, but as folks are very fond of saying, you know, disability is something that, that everyone will encounter at some point in their life. Um, and and making sure that we're engaging everyone, um, not just folks and younger folks, but also folks from really all walks of life, all ages, is going to be a very important task. And so it it is an honor to talk to you, um, and I look forward to working with you in the future.
0: Mark, I want to say again, we we are honored to have you calling, and I just want to tell you, AAPD will take that youth leadership to an even higher level. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling in. You got it. Hey, Marka, uh, um, yeah. I have a special message for you because you know we are online, Facebook, Twitter, but also email to Bender. and I must read you this email. Um, Joyce, thank you so much for having Marka on. My love and best to both of you. Marka Power. Power of disability pride, power of good <laughs> media. Lead on, Yoshiko. And by the way, Marka, happy birthday. His loving spirit oh, is for both of you and everyone else always. Yoshiko.
3: Thank you so much.
0: Uh, we, we are so proud here in Chicago that
3: um, at Access Living on an annual basis we have a, a large-scale gala. And just last week we gave our Lead On Award named in memory of Justin to Roger Ebert, the uh, movie critic uh, who, of course, has become quite significantly disabled following uh, surgeries uh, related to cancer. Uh, What an extraordinary event it was and how honored uh, Roger was to be joining uh, the many other people that we've honored in Justin's name.
0: Oh, that is awesome. Uh, when is that gala every year, Marca? It, what, what uh, the, June. It's in June. Mm-hmm. Every June. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants to go next year or if any business is listening, you want to be a sponsor, um, you can go to Marka's website, uh, and I'm sure that there will be information Absolutely. that comes forward. Is that right, Marka? Absolutely. And you all know, to do good things, you need support. Don't forget about that. Well, Mark, it's funny you mentioned that about Lead On. We created a website, I'm sorry, a site on Facebook. It's called the Bender Lead On Team. I had to first get, wanted to get permission from Yoshiko. And what this is, is a site for young people with disabilities. Of course, other people can join, but these are young people that have been brutally bullied, made fun of. Uh, so now, whenever something happens to someone, they say, look, this is what's happening to me, and all of a sudden, all these leaders come out from everywhere saying, hey, I'm here for you, I support you, uh, I'm with you, so you know, isn't it amazing, the impact of Justin? Absolutely, and um, bringing that back home here,
3: um, I haven't really talked too much about the varying programs that we do. But one of the programs that we do at Access Living um, is a, a youth youth-led initiative uh, called the Empowered Fifi's. Fifi stands for females. Uh, these young women are both taught um, the sort of the personal journey to recover self-esteem or build self-esteem, but then. To take it out into the world, and they have um, become award-winning uh, videographers, making some really great videos. And I bring them up now because their most recently completed one is one on bullying, um, bringing their own personal experience of what it felt like to be in, uh, you know, school and be bullied, and what uh, young people can do to, um, you know, stand up against it.
0: And what is happening with this video?
3: Um, well, they take it on the road. So they're going to different schools here in Chicago. Uh, they've done a couple of other uh, videos, one on sexuality and one on just what is it to be inside the disability experience. And those videos have gone to national and international conferences. They've won some awards with them. So we're, we're really proud of what started to be an initiative to just teach these young women. Um, skills in uh, movie making has really given them voice to carry forward a lot of the uh, issues that are uh, important to them. Now they're turning their efforts, because of another initiative that we do here, which is an arts and culture program, now they're turning some of these issues into performance. So it's, it's a pretty cool, innovative, creative initiative. Um, I'm really, really proud of the incredible team of people that are here at Access Living, and I might say at the incredible network of centers for independent living all through the United States. If you um, aren't familiar with us, um, we were one of the first ten uh, federally funded centers in the United States, and now there's probably about 500 of us. Um, if you're a listener and you don't know how to find this incredible resource, you could go to the uh, website of the National Council on Independent Living, which is ncil.org, and uh, press right on the home page, find my local independent living center, and it will help you find all the centers throughout the country. Um, here at Access Living, we have three big departments, one uh, advocacy one, independent living skills and services, and one, a legal team. And in all of them, we're working on the core issues that our consumers here have identified as important to them. And they include housing, uh, civil rights implementation, economic development, healthcare care access and health care reform, including long-term care and efforts to get people out of nursing homes, Uh, youth and education reform efforts, and finally, some work in the area of immigrants with disabilities. Um, So all of our programming kind of uh, mutually supports that, whether it's advocacy and community organizing, policy analysis, legislative drafting, direct service, or litigation.
0: Wow. Wow. You are doing a lot there, Marka, and it's all good stuff. It really is. And we're going to talk more to Marka in just a minute. But first, we're going to go to break. If you just tuned in, that's right. It's the great Marka Bristow. Even though she's very humble, I'm going to say the great Marka Bristow. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. Dot com. We'll be right back. News.
4: Opinion. you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. And Wellness Network. The Internet's number 1 talk station. Number 1 talk station. Voiceamerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender.
0: And welcome back. Our guest today is Marka Bristow. and I have to I have to tell a secret here. You know, as you all know, I'm living with epilepsy. <clears throat> I'm on a crusade for employment for people with disabilities. But I remember in, I think it was 1999, because Marca during the Clinton administration was the head of that National Council on Disability, and I heard her speak, and I was just so inspired. And always I looked up to Marca, and I still do today. So you know how you said Justin had an impact on you? You carried it forward, Marca. Thank
3: you very much, Joy. You
0: carried it forward with me. And, and, Marca, when we were at break, you so correctly reminded me about something, and I'm going to go ahead and let you tell everyone what else to, that June 22nd is. Well, In addition to June 22nd being
3: the anniversary of Justin Dart's passing, it also is the anniversary of the Olmstead Supreme Court decision. And for those people who may not be familiar, you should be. Olmstead was a decision that found that unnecessarily institutionalizing people who uh, are able to live in the community and who don't oppose Doing so is a violation of their civil rights under the Americans with Disabilities Act most integrated setting mandate. So uh, states all around the country have been under an obligation to start putting in place plans that move effectively to get people out of institutions who uh, have no business being there. And um, uh, advocates all around the country have been uh, working really hard to try to make that happen in a lot of different ways. And um, I know that Olmstead implementation was a very important thing for Justin, so I think um, a way we can remember Justin is to uh, tomorrow uh, ask ourselves, what are we doing to help um, those individuals who are often uh, voiceless or invisible because they are um, behind the doors of institutions where most of the world uh, doesn't even know they exist. And what what can we individually be doing or collectively be doing to move that important agenda forward?
0: And, Marca, what are you doing in Chicago?
3: Well, for us, it's been a really uphill, challenging uh, battle. Uh, my state um, has the... Um, <laughs> distinction of being we're one of the most segregated states in the country as it relates to institutionalization, um, whether you're looking at individuals with developmental disabilities uh, who are in state-operated facilities, we still have eight of them, or uh, intermediate care facilities, many of which are just as big as the state-operated facilities, or nursing homes, or nursing homes that are a majority of people with mental health diagnoses uh, called Institutes for the Mentally Diseased, we fall behind the rest of the country in all three. So after trying uh, first to work collaboratively with the state, then trying to work with the state legislature to develop legislation that would um, set some standards for this effort, uh, after all of those things failed, um, our organization Access Living, as well as our uh, protection and advocacy agency called Equip for Equality and the ACLU of Illinois, um, as well as participating co-counsel brought three class action lawsuits against our state and our governor. Two of them have settled, uh, one just last week, um, and you may say, why are there three? There's three because we segregate people according to diagnosis and uh, different systems, different waivers, different uh, uh, mechanisms are in place and uh, having one suit that would apply to all three was uh, too complex. Uh, so we are uh, right in the implementation phase of finalizing a plan to get people out on the case on behalf of people with mental health diagnoses The case for people with developmental disabilities just settled and had the judge's signature last week, so we'll begin the process of developing an implementation plan there. And the third case for people with physical and other chronic and uh, mental health conditions who are in garden-variety nursing homes is still under settlement discussion. Um, It's premature to know where that will go, but we're we're hopeful that uh, we will reach a resolution there. All of this has taught us that um, it takes an awful lot to move a big system, and even systems where it makes sense to move in this direction, most will say it's more cost-effective to do this, and yet we still get enormous pushback uh, from vested interests that um, would prefer to see the status quo continue. It takes the kind of perseverance that Justin taught us to uh, keep on keeping on and not give up, um, and that's where my hope comes from, that, you know, governors will come and go, uh, agency officials will come and go, but the disability community remains steadfast in our broad efforts to make sure people really do have choice, um, and, you know, if if at the end of the day some people choose to be in uh, congregate settings, um, we we won't Um, oppose that, but we do oppose people being forced into choices uh, that aren't really choices when they don't have a range of options from which to choose.
0: Yes, and you know I have had different people when I talk to them about this market tell me never in a million years would this Community Choice Act or something along those lines ever happen because of the power of lobbying from those other groups, but one thing we have to remember is taking it state by state. You you know, as you just said about, you know, the governor's changing, that we have to try to take this state by state. But, you know, the minute that you give up, it's all over. And don't you think it would help, Marka, if we try to take it in each state? What do you think? Well, I think it's got to be a combined approach. Right now, states, have the
3: option to uh, develop waivers that would support people in the community. However, putting people into nursing homes or DD facilities are entitlements, and until we really find a means by which both uh, for those Medicaid-eligible individuals uh, are equal options, uh, we tend to see the institutional side populated because when there's no other place to go, uh, the states have an obligation to do so. Therefore, the national efforts of Adapt and quite a few other groups have been really important in pushing the envelope and, you know, creating the paradigm shift to start moving things. The uh, states can opt into a national program called Money Follows the Person that will um, give them more federal dollars if they choose to allow people uh, to have their Medicaid dollars follow them to where they want to live rather than into an institution. And the new health reform bill that was uh, just passed and is being implemented allows quite a few more options for community choice. And um, I hope that advocates around the country are be keeping themselves well informed of this because the states, uh, are making decisions right now as to whether they're going to opt into those opportunities for enhanced Medicaid match provided through uh, the new um, health care reform bill.
0: Yeah, yeah, because if, we're, if you're not educated, you can't do anything to make change. And you know, one thing that Marcus said about this invisible community of people with disabilities, see, sometimes what we don't see, we forget. We cannot forget this. And we cannot forget. Sometimes people may feel like, "What can my voice do?" You
3: know, I have to say, this year uh, we've increased our presence in our state capital. We every single week while they were in session, dealing with our huge budget crisis, we had uh, delegations of people going in to uh, educate our legislators. And for Access Living, uh, who better than? to talk about the need to uh, provide support to get people out of institutions than people who are in them or people who have just gotten out of them. So uh, we were taking train foals of people down to Springfield, many of whom are people that have just gotten out of institutions. And they were able to help in this effort uh, very effectively by simply telling their story. That is so awesome. So there's a place for everybody is what I'm trying to say, whether you're the legislative type or you're the uh, rally type or you're the person who wants to go and tell your story or write a letter or uh, put something up on Facebook. There's ways that we can all help each other. And getting connected uh, comes back to what Mark Periello said, trying to get people to uh, not deny their disability but embrace it and then see it as a, as something that they can uh, use for the betterment of others. as As you previously said, nothing is more gratifying than being able to see the effect of the work that you've done. When I look around at my community, and it's true that there's still so much more to get done, but when I think of all the things that have been done since the ADA was passed 20 years ago, it's really remarkable there's so many areas that I don't think we were entirely even thinking about when we um, passed the law. Uh, not long ago, I was reading the headlines from the justice department's uh, website about the various accomplishments that they've achieved through uh, lawsuit or consent decrees or settlement agreements. And some of them were things that who even thought about them way back? For example, one of those headlines said, guide dogs will no longer be subject to Hawaii quarantine. Yeah. You know, I don't know that we were all sitting around thinking about quarantine laws for animals when we passed the law, or the one that said Casey Martin may use his golf cart,
5: mm-hmm. you know,
3: or Smith Barney has to provide large print account statements. So there's, mm-hmm. there's so many things that um, the that our efforts have opened up to people. And by getting involved, you get this incredible sense of connection. But you're also working so that we don't have to stay just segregated in our little groups. We're, we're working for the goal of inclusion and integration.
0: Yes, because we're people. This is Mm -hmm. what I always say. Don't put us in this group. I mean, we do have our own culture, but we want to be treated like everyone else. We Mm -hmm. want to work. We want to have housing. We want to have quality of life. As everyone does, we want to be independent. And uh, that one thing Marcus said, I just want to stress that one person, you can make a difference. Locally, state level, nationally, whatever it is. Uh, you've got to speak up. You can make a difference. And, and, you know, if we all were together, oh, my, I always think if we were united, we would have so much power that during presidential campaigns we would be t- talked about everywhere. Uh, you know, there are so many of us. It's just we have to get united. We have to unite. And that's going to be hard to do, but it was done once to get the ADA signed. So, you know, never give up. Never give up on your dreams. And we're going to go to break before we close the show with Marca. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be right back.
4: Ask the experts. Call toll free right now. 1 866 472 5787. And ask our All Star team to answer your questions. That's 1 866
2: 472
4: 5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Hi, I'm Greg Rumberg from the TV show Heroes.
4: Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level, one that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the The Voice America Business Channel. Wellness Network. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain, inspired all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
0: Hey, welcome back to the show with Marca Bristow. And we've been talking a lot about access living, but Marca is also the president of the United States International Council on Disabilities. Um, and she has been doing so much. So let's start, Marca, with the ratification of the UN Convention on Rights of People with Disabilities in the United States. Where are we? on that, how is that going?
3: Well, I think as folks know, uh, the year before last, um, uh, Ambassador Rice at the direction of uh, President Obama for the uh, 19th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act signed the, the treaty. So the United States has already taken the first and most important step in uh, acknowledging its intent to uh, ratify, and it obliged itself to live under the uh, principles of the treaty. Um, Subsequent to that, the the, uh, Obama administration has been undergoing an interagency review of all of the principles in the convention and comparing them to U.S. law. Um, It's our understanding that that process is uh, complete, and uh, we're hopeful that the administration will be passing the ratification package over to the Senate uh, very soon. Um, we're we're eager to identify uh, our strong supporters around the country to play a part in the important effort that it will take to have ratification occur. Um, this is no small task. Um, For uh, people who are not familiar with this process, and I have to say I am one of those people that wasn't familiar, uh, a treaty to be ratified only goes before the U.S. Senate and only after the uh, president uh, sends it for their consideration. Once it does, the Senate has the opportunity to hold hearings, review it, and then it is voted upon by the Senate where it requires a supermajority of the Senate or 67 votes. So, um, what we know is, as in uh, recent history, uh, the disability community has been very uh, good at organizing ourselves in a bipartisan basis. We're going to have to do that once again, and uh, we're very, very hopeful that uh, this treaty will uh, be ratified. It, you know, for many of us, we know that if there hadn't been the Americans with Disabilities Act and our other rich civil rights laws in the U.S., there wouldn't be a U.N. uh, convention on the rights of people with disabilities. We were first in the world. Other countries, some of them uh, took our lead and began to write some of their own laws. Uh, So the treaty itself, uh, most people will attribute the initiation of this new paradigm of a rights-based orientation Uh, having its origins with the United States. And so we are in that position of being um, leaders on this, and uh, we really want to see the United States back amongst that leadership role and one of the countries that is uh, proudly uh, ratifying. And, Mark, how can
0: our listeners uh, follow up on that? Um, First off, you could go
3: to the USID website, that is usicd.org. You will find a lot of information in there. As we get more information about the timing of this, we will certainly be making that available. Uh, You should check that website because we will uh, periodically be doing national uh, teleconferences to update people on that as soon as we have more to report. We really need uh, our colleagues around the country to work with us in uh, sharing the significance of this um, ratification uh, with their members of the Senate. So uh, grassroots listeners are really, really important on this, and uh, we hope that you will stay in touch with uh, UCEDD uh, to gain more information as this goes
0: forward. Yeah, that is so important. Uh, and, Margaret, when we were at break, we were talking about, you know, throughout the world there are events that have just caused people to have disabilities or further hurt people that already have disabilities. And sometimes we do forget about that, such as the horrible, unbelievable earthquake in Japan. Now, we know there are a lot of people with disabilities as a result of this, I was just wondering: Is there any way people can support that, or is there anything going on there? Um, yes, um, let me say that the uh,
3: Disabled Persons Organization in Japan, called DPI Japan, has been taking the lead role um, in Japan for helping to coordinate some of the relief efforts related to people with disabilities. Uh, in in April. UCID organized a fundraiser uh, sort of on the spot. (laughs) We we sent over a check for uh, just over $9,000 that was collected by lots of different people, contributions as small as $5. Um, You can find information, again, on the UCID website about how to uh, make contributions directly to the relief effort over there. Uh, I want you also to know that there's a, um, our colleague who's um, with DPI, uh, Shoji Naganashi, who is a very good friend of y- Yoshiko and Justin and myself and Judy and other people um, who started independent living over there, um, sent us a videotape uh, of what's been going on. And the circumstances have been what you've just mentioned, but even more so um, He he shared with us that in the zone that is still considered too toxic because of radioactivity, uh, some of the disabled people who had been evacuated were being sent back into that zone prematurely because they couldn't find accessible um, housing for them elsewhere. They had maxed out all the other opportunities. So we're continuing to see a disparate effect on uh, people with disabilities not to mention the uh, increased numbers of people. Um, It's been a a very traumatic thing. And my friend Shoji has said to us, every little bit matters. Uh, And it's not just the financial contributions, but uh, reaching out so people know that they're supported uh, by their colleagues around the world gives them the emotional lift they need to keep on keeping on.
0: And I hope all of you listening will remember that because, as I told Marga, we're all brothers and sisters. If you, like me, have epilepsy, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, a seizure is still a seizure. Mm -hmm. And we really have to embrace that. We all have to embrace that, and I hope you will remember that. And, Marga, thank you for your leadership in that area. So um, I think we had one caller. Tony, are you on the line? Um, hello.
6: Go ahead, Tony. Hello, Marca. This is Tony I just
3: uh, Hi, Tony. <laughs> hello there.
6: I just wanted to call and let everybody know just what a great job you're doing in trying to lead the effort to make sure that uh, the United States joins the treaty in regards to disability rights across the world. Thank
3: you very much, Tony. I, I want to say um, there's a lot of people who, in your circumstance, Tony, after you uh, had a stellar career in Congress and then uh, retired into public uh, private life, would have just left your disability commitments behind. But the fact that you've been with us right in the trenches, both at AAPD and now uh, on the UCEDD board. and helping to uh, guide our efforts around the CRPD is testament to um, how important I know you are to us and we are to you. You are the best. We love you so much, and we're really glad that you're uh, working with us on the ratification efforts.
6: No problem. As you well know, there's over a billion people throughout the world who have disabilities. The one thing that I keep on reminding people is, is that when we don't think this is a problem, as we have our young men and women in the military and they have uh, their place all over the world and their families are all over the world uh, if, if they have a loved one that has a disability uh, their rights need to be protected all over the world as they're fighting for our causes so this affects us and we need to all be supporting what you're doing
0: thank you, hey, Tony. Thank you Tony and Tony we love you thank, thank you, you so much for calling in Hey, before we end the show, we always end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. So today it has to be to remember, as Justin said, we need the revolution of empowerment. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. See you next week.